0: the way you spend your day-to-day is the way you spend your life. And so if you're not happy with how you're spending your days, then you're not going to be happy in the long term with how you're spending your life.
1: Eagles. welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. I'm coming to you live from a very rainy Madrid. So if you hear some rain in the background, just know that I am in my element. I have a candle on. I have some tea with me. I'm recording this podcast. It's super gloomy outside, and it's just like the immaculate, cozy vibes that I've always wanted. It's honestly like I look forward to this kind of weather. People think I'm crazy sometimes for wanting it, but it just makes me feel so creative and able to really express myself. I don't know if any of you feel that way, but I certainly do. So I'm really happy right now. Anyway, we have a guest on today, but before I introduce her, I want to quickly let you guys know that when I started this podcast, we were in the middle of the pandemic and I was listening to a lot Of shows, And if you've been a listener from the beginning of when this show started, then you've probably heard this story before, but I'm going to quickly let you guys know if you're new here. The whole idea for the Journey of Pursuit podcast came about while I was listening to so many other podcasts, and it was usually someone's story that was a little older than me. So at the time I was 26, I'm now 28, and I always kind of left that conversation thinking, but what were you doing at my age? Like it just felt like the conversation always kind of went from you struggled, you know, you were doing all these different things and then all of a sudden like now you're you're good. You know, like you are quote unquote successful. You have the things that you've worked for. But oftentimes I felt those conversations left a huge gap of their 20s to where they were at that moment in time. And don't get me wrong, I always felt inspired from listening to their stories, but I always kept thinking about my friends, you know, and my own journey of being a creative and how exciting the journey was to really work on the thing that you love every single day at this time, right, in your 20s. And so I realized that by being a musician, by being a songwriter, living in LA at the time, I had a lot of creative friends. I have a lot of creative friends. Every single day, they're doing incredible things and they're young and they're hustling and they're doing these incredible things that I really truly wanted to highlight because I found them inspiring and if I found found them inspiring I really thought that someone else could also and what I really was thinking of is maybe there's some creative out there that has wanted to do something with their craft but maybe doesn't really know how to do that and if he or she or they heard stories of similar people, similar ages, doing really cool things with the things that they also wanted to do, then they would feel inspired to go for it. And the title came about with the journey of pursuit because I truly, truly, truly believe. I mean, you've heard me say this a million times if you have been listening to the show for a while, but it really is about the journey there. And why not highlight someone in their 20s? going through it all, right? Figuring things out. Why can't that journey, that messiness, right? That very confusing time, trying a lot of things, meeting different people, ups and downs, trials and errors, etc. Why can't that also be highlighted? Because that's the truth of life. That's the truth of every path, every journey, is that it is a journey, and you learn along the way. And so I wanted this show to be that. I wanted this show to be a way to highlight younger people's journeys. To make us all realize that everyone and anyone's journey is special. And even if you're in your 20s and you're still figuring things out. And you're doing things messy. And you're just kind of going with you know, the next best action. And the next best thing for you in your career and your life. That too should be highlighted and worthy enough for you to talk about because that's the meat of the journey, right? I also want to say that this was a time two years ago, even, where there weren't a lot of younger people doing podcasts. There were some, but it was more so tailored to some other conversation. And so most of the podcasts I was listening to, which were like the entrepreneurial personal development ones, were highlighting people a little older than me and so that's why the show, you know, I really felt had a space and I still do think that this show has a space and I'm so glad that there are so many other podcasters now that are younger talking about other people's journeys that are also in the same age range and doing incredible things. I love that there's such growth in the podcast world that there wasn't that much of in our age range just two years ago. There's definitely been a boom in podcasting and it makes me so happy because I love, love, love this job. Like I love creating this show. You guys know I I show up here because I really want to and I really truly enjoy it. Why am I saying all this? Well, this podcast has grown in a way that I never even thought was possible. I never thought we would be able to chart on multiple Apple podcast charts. I never thought we would have this community and so because the show has grown so much and because podcasting has also grown so much, I want to really invite so many other conversations into this space. The truth is that if this show has taught me anything, it's that no matter your age, it's never too late and it's never too early to go for that thing that you want to do. To go for that thing that's calling your attention, calling your heart. It's never too late or too early. It doesn't matter what your age is, doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter where you come from, you can always go for that thing that is calling you. And I'm so happy that the podcast has grown to a place where we can invite everyone to come in here and talk about their journey. Because as we know on this podcast, every journey is meant to be celebrated. And I can't wait for all the new conversations we'll have in 2023. I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you so much for listening every single week. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Every single reshare, every single rating and review and comment and like means so much to me because we really did build this show from the ground up and we continue to do so. And that makes me so proud, makes me so happy. And I love that we've been able to do this together as a community and continue to do so from here on out. So with all that said, Today's guest is someone I'm really excited to have on the show. I got connected with her through email. She reached out to me and I'm so excited that this worked out and we were able to have a conversation about her brand, about how she was able to grow it. We actually talk about something that I don't think we've ever had a conversation about on the podcast, but it is something that I am currently really intrigued by i'm learning a lot about it and definitely want to make the effort to bring more of these practices into my everyday life really cool to see someone be so passionate about it and really dedicating her business to make a difference here's a little bit about shannon as the founder and ceo of factory 45 shannon lore works with idea stage entrepreneurs to launch fashion brands that are sustainably and ethically made Shannon got her start in 2010 when she co-founded Revolution Apparel, a sustainable clothing company for female travelers and minimalists that was featured in the New York Times, Forbes.com, and Yahoo News. Through her online business school, Factory45, Shannon has worked with over 500 entrepreneurs in the sustainable fashion space, many of whom have gone on to launch some of the most transparent supply chains in the fashion industry. Shannon has worked as a consultant for crowdfunding projects that have surpassed their goal amounts by as much as 300% and has worked closely with startup apparel companies from all over the world to create ethically made products with a focus on environmentally friendly materials. Shannon is a strong advocate for increasing supply chain transparency through sourcing, localization, and storytelling. She's been named a thought leader for the future of fashion and was nominated as Woman of Note by the Wall Street Journal. Without further ado, please welcome Shannon. Hi Shannon, welcome to the podcast. Hi Jaya, thanks for having me. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about did you always know that you wanted to be a part of a sustainability and environmentally friendly world?
0: Oh, definitely not. I think about being in college, I was a what I call a fast fashion bargain bin junkie. I was known for going to a Forever 21 or an H&M right after class on a Friday picking something out to wear that night and then chucking it into my closet that never wearing it again. I was a part of the fast fashion problem, which is to wear clothing one or two times and then for it to basically end up in a landfill. No, my 20s in the beginning were very much spent in college as a journalism major, not really interested in fashion beyond what I personally wore. And then it wasn't until after college when I graduated in the middle of the 2008 financial crisis, that I decided I wasn't going to get a real job. And I went and I traveled for two years. And that sort of opened my eyes to a different career path, an alternative way of living, and then what led me to sustainability and fashion. In those
1: moments where you were in that transition, did you ever feel a little bit of pullback, a little fear, or maybe people in your corner, like friends or family that knew you, what you studied and everything that you felt kind of not sure if you should switch or make this transition. Oh, for sure. I can. It took me probably a good five years of
0: having my business and being profitable and being able to support myself for people to stop asking me. Uh, seeing family at Christmas or friends at parties, you know, them asking me when I was gonna get a real job. Yes, anyone who, you know, I think that's with anything in life. If you choose an alternative path, then you're gonna get some pushback if
1: it's not what is considered societal norms. And like you said, it took you five years. It wasn't like an overnight decision that just ended up working. So what was that like those five years of you making the transition, maybe having some trial and error, like everything that someone starts from scratch? What was that time like when you were
0: really going through it? But really started when I got back from traveling, I spent, like I said, two years traveling around the world. I was bartending to support myself and I got back to the States and I decided really that I didn't want to get a real job. I didn't want to sit in an office. I wanted to do something different. And that's when I ended up starting a clothing brand with my then co-founder. We did that for two years. We thought it was going to be this like entrepreneurial failure and it ended up being a really cool success, but it, we realized it wasn't what we wanted to do in the end. When you talk about going against the grain or pivoting or doing things that people wouldn't understand, that was another thing. People didn't understand why I would leave that supposed, what seemed to be such a successful first business but I knew that I wanted to do something different and I ended up starting Factory 45, which is the business that I've been running since 2014. And it's the business I run now and it ended up being a very hard decision to
1: leave that first business, but definitely the right decision in the end. What do you feel like was the decision that made you realize you needed to switch and start your own company?
0: I think because
1: so rarely
0: people go into starting a business with this idea that, okay, it's just going to be an experiment. It's going to be a project. We're probably not going to be successful. It will probably fail, but we'll get a failure under our belt and then we'll learn from it. And then we'll be able to move on and do something even better. And when it was successful, it was like, wait, I thought we were going to fail at this so that we could learn from it and then move on. And we ended up being the highest funded fashion project in Kickstarter history at the time. We were featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. It was like on the outside, all of this success. And it was an amazing first experiment. But I didn't come from the fashion background. I didn't really have any long-term plans to run a fashion brand itself. But in doing that, in having that first experience and that first entrepreneurial project, I saw a bigger hole to fill in the market. Anyone who is interested in entrepreneurship, that's what you want to look for is the holes. Where are the gaps that you can fill with your business? And there was a bigger gap in people who wanted to start fashion brands in a way that were sustainably and ethically made, but they didn't know how. And it was really hard for the doors to open to manufacturing and suppliers and all the things that go into creating a physical product. And so that's what I ended up doing is I started Factory 45, which is now the premier first in class online business school to take sustainable fashion brands from idea to launch.
1: I love learning about how everything came to be and how certain things, like you said, they look so good on paper or to other people, but to yourself or the people behind the scenes, you really know what you want to go for and what is or isn't working. Yeah. And I think some advice I got
0: when I was in my twenties was the way you spend your day to day is the way you spend your life. And so if you're not happy with how you're spending your days, then you're not going to be happy in the long term with how you're spending your life. And so yes, we, it was an amazing learning opportunity, but I didn't necessarily want to be spending my days running that business. I knew that there was a business that better highlighted my zones of genius, that could be more profitable, could sustain my lifestyle, help me grow revenue and all of those things. It ended up being the best decision I could have made.
1: How did you know that there was a market for Factory 45 to become an online business school for these startups that want to create sustainability in their brands? How did you know? Did you have people come to you or ask you questions or is it, was it more something you started because you were already involved in it in some way and you wanted to just create it and find whoever was a good fit for it?
0: I think it was a little bit of both, but more the first was when we were launching our product and we did our Kickstarter campaign at the same time we were blogging about it. This is back in 2010. So blogs were really big. We had just started an Instagram we had a Facebook page. So we would get questions all the time. How did you start? I want to do something similar. What's the first step I should take? We were getting all these questions. And I knew that there were people, especially I'm a millennial, millennials, and I do believe Gen Z as well. We really care about making the world a better place, about sustainability, environmentalism. The fashion industry is the one of the most polluting industries in the world. It's in the top five, most polluting industries in the world. And so we need to change the fashion industry from the inside out. And I wanted to be a part of that, helping people start fashion brands. What I say is the right way from the start with sustainability as a core part of the business model.
1: Yeah. And what's crazy is that you've helped 500 plus entrepreneurs now do this. So definitely, I feel like this impact is incredible. So I congratulate you on that. Thank you. What would you say now is what you're focusing on now that you have this online business school that has been successful? You've helped 500 plus entrepreneurs build a sustainable fashion space for themselves and their brands. What do you feel is the next step for you? What is something that keeps you going and keeps that passion? It's a good question. I think that
0: when I was first starting out, I, it, it was a solo show. It was really me. And then my first hire was an assistant and we worked together for probably five years before I really started to hire people seriously. And now I have a team around me that has allowed me to have more freedom I have two kids. I'm married. I we were living a bi coastal lifestyle for a long time, half the year in Boston, half the year in California. We were able to travel. And that I think was ultimately my goal when I set out to start even my first business in 2010. I just wanted to keep traveling, to keep making my own schedule, living life on my own terms. I was never in entrepreneurship to scale to millions of dollars that was never my goal my goal was to create my ideal life and for the most part i can say i'm very much living that right now and anyone who's listening it takes it takes years it takes time there is this idea there's this societal expectation of instant gratification that you should success should happen overnight and overnight millionaires and all of this th- that is all just a-, a fallacy. So I would just encourage you to remember that it does take time. It does take perseverance but understanding what your end goal is. It's what I call your why. Why are you doing anything that you are doing that helps you get to that end goal in a way that will feel better for you and keep you pushing and persevering when things get hard.
1: Yeah. Thanks for saying that because Joe is literally called the journey of pursuit because of that, (laughs) because I really love highlighting the journey because it isn't just overnight. It's an overtime thing, especially as entrepreneurs, especially as creatives, especially as people that are making impact or want to make an impact in the world. It's all about, like you said, the why, why is it that you do this every single day, even though you think or feel like you're not getting any closer to your goal, because it is, it's something that takes time, like you said. So thanks for saying that, because it's so true. And that's what we love highlighting here on the show is just Making sure that people know the journey is what needs to be enjoyed on the way there. Hundred
0: percent. Yeah, I think about when I met my husband when we were twenty-seven, and that was over—that was ten years ago, like almost exactly. And when I met him, he's also an entrepreneur. He was starting his business. And he was living in his office, (laughs) like he was sleeping in his office and showering at the gym because they weren't allowed to turn the water on in their office because then the landlord would know that they were living there, him and his co-founder. So that's just like a tiny example. Like when you are now, he's a very successful entrepreneur, but it it took time and it takes sacrifices and it takes making those unconventional decisions that his parents were Probably, what are you doing? But he knew that it's what he needed to do to, to uh,
1: ultimately lead to his success. Is there something that you feel like you do every single day or that helps you keep that mindset alive while you are taking the steps every single day to just get closer to this dream or to make sure that your dream that you already have with Factory 45 is still alive and running? I think it's at this point, I've been
0: doing this for so long that. It's almost second nature, but I do think I do check-ins with myself and that can come really daily. That can come weekly, monthly. It's whenever you asked with making a decision, whether that is a decision about your business or about your life or about your relationships, think through? Does the answer, does my answer to this decision, whatever it is, support that end goal, that why that you have? If you say yes to this thing, is it getting you closer to your ideal life, your ideal job, your ideal relationship, whatever it is. So I think it's those little check-ins that again, maybe aren't even conscious, but you're just checking in with yourself is this decision and the decision I make going to get me closer to that end goal?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love that. Do you feel like you wish someone taught you something on your journey towards creating Factory 45? Or even if you were to, I don't know, tell your kids something now of what you wish someone had said to you or any advice you would give to someone in their twenties that looks up to you and wants to do something similar to what you're doing?
0: Yeah. I think
1: they're both probably cliches, but they're worth repeating.
0: The first is fake it till you make it. I truly believe in this. No one knows what they're doing. (laughs) When I think back to being in my twenties and I remember going to my first speaking engagement and it was like the first real time I had to get up in front of An audience and go on stage. It was at Eco Fashion Week in Vancouver. I'll never forget it. And I was terrified. I did not realize how terrified I truly was until I got up on that stage and had to speak and my voice was shaking and I was sweating. It was like this whole physical body reaction. It was horrible. The moderator at the end asked the audience if they had any questions. Nobody had any questions because they probably just wanted to get me off that stage because they felt so bad for me. I look back at that as a seeming failure, right? This, is, this was a moment in my entrepreneurial journey in my 20s that was like, Pivotal, right? I still have nightmares about it. But (laughs) I think, had I known back then, nobody has it all together. No one is, I don't know, even professional speakers, right? They get butterflies in their stomach, but it's because they've been doing this for years. They've practiced it. They have experience. That's the only thing separating you from the people who look like they've been doing this for years is that experience. So if you can channel that sort of confidence of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fake this until I make it because I know that in 10 years, I will have made it. It's almost like you're projecting that on your younger self and that can instill a confidence in you. It doesn't have to be a speaking engagement, obviously, but anything you're doing, just remember that everyone has been where you are. The only difference is time and experience. The second thing is start before you're ready. This is the biggest one. And I think, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, we're all waiting for the perfect time, the perfect circumstance, the perfect amount of savings in our savings account to start the business, to do the project, to take the trip, whatever it is, start before you're ready. Because you will regret tomorrow that you didn't start yesterday and Everything, especially when it comes to starting a business, takes longer than you think it is going to. So there are so many things, if you are listening and you do have that entrepreneurial drive, there are so many things you can do now that don't require much money or any money at all to start a business and do it little by little as you work up or save up or wait for that right time. But yeah, start before you're ready and fake it till you make it.
1: Yes. Start before you're ready is my motto. I feel like I've said this so many times on my podcast, but I use that same thing. I used 20 seconds of courage to start my show, 20 seconds of courage to press record, 20 seconds of courage, just starting. I knew that if I thought about it too much, I probably would still be sitting in my desk waiting and for everything to be perfect. And I love what you said too, because you actually answered one of the questions I usually ask on the show about failure we'll skip that and ask you the second one in a little bit but before I do, I actually wanted to go back quickly because I would love if you could share how you feel we could be a little more sustainable today if you, in the fashion industry or not maybe you have other ways to be sustainable but if someone they shop at the fast fashion companies because that's what they can afford, you know what's some tips you could give us of how we can start being a little more environmentally friendly today? Sure. So, anyone
0: who is new to fast fashion or the fashion industry or sustainability in fashion, the average American throws away over 80 pounds of textiles a year that goes into a landfill. The majority of our clothing is made out of polyester or synthetic materials that are all they're oil-based. So, it takes over 200 years for your clothes to decompose in a landfill. If you can start by Gen Z's great about secondhand and thrift shopping. So that is huge. If you can buy secondhand clothing, that is awesome. If you can wear your clothing longer and buy less, that is another huge impact you can make. By not shopping at the fast fashion chains that make, it's really disposable clothing. It doesn't last long. It falls apart in the wash. It's out of trend after a week because that's fast fashion is designed to have 52 trends a year. So if you can start to buy less, buy better, and then buy secondhand, those are three things that would have a huge impact on sustainability just in general.
1: Yes. I love that. I am such a thrifter slash vintage. I love to treasure hunt. So I'm glad that's something I am attributing to the sustainability world. I feel like I'm learning so much more every single day about it. And I love that this is something that you are passionate about because we definitely need more of that. And for people to teach us more about that, I think as well is really important. Thank you. That's great that you're already doing vintage and thrifting. So the question I usually ask is what has been your biggest failure or loss and what has been your biggest win or success in your career or personal life so far? So I feel like you touched upon the failure one, but I would love for you to Let us know what do you feel has been your biggest win or success in your life so far? Oh, I'm so
0: fortunate. I think that it took time. Like I said, it took many years, but I feel like again, I'm living my ideal life. And probably when I was in my 20s, imagining what my ideal life would look like, it's probably is even better than what I could have imagined for myself. So I think that's a lesson in when you come upon failures or bumps in the road or let's say i remember in my 20s i really, really wanted to get this fellowship at NPR i was a journalism major i really wanted this and i i didn't get it and then i applied for this nike fellowship and i really wanted that and i didn't get it and these were disappointments that happened along the way in my 20s but had i gotten those and gone that different path. Maybe it would have been just as great, but maybe not. Maybe those things happen so that I could get to this place where I'm living beyond my wildest dreams. It's just, you have to remember that these, the disappointments, the failures are leading you to where you're supposed to be. I do believe that. And just trust yourself, trust in the process and Above all, and I think this goes
1: on theme for the podcast trust in your journey. I love it. That's such a great way to end the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've loved learning more about you and how you're helping the world. And I just feel so blessed to be on a show that allows me to connect with more people like you. So thank you. Yes, thank you for helping me tell my story, Jaya. Here are the takeaways of Shannon's episode. Number one Where are the holes, the gaps in your business? Number two, the way you spend your day to day is the way you spend your life. Number three, there is a societal expectation of instant gratification, but it takes years. It takes time and perseverance. Number four, food for thought. What's the why of what you're doing? What keeps you pushing when things get hard? Number five, think through the decisions. Always align back to your why. Number six, nobody has it all together. Number seven, start before you're ready. Number eight, buy less, buy better, buy secondhand. Number nine, maybe those things you really wanted at one time would have been great or maybe not and you're exactly where you need to be. And number 10, trust yourself, trust in the process and above all, trust in your journey. I loved this conversation with Shannon and as you guys know, if you want to follow her more of her journey, if you want to support her in any way, you can always find the links below in the show notes or on my website with the respective episode blog. You can always find the information there. I will see you guys next week where I will be talking to you about the weekend trip I'm taking, which I will give you all the details, why I'm going, what I'm doing there, etc. As well as taking you back a few days to the Bon Iver concert that I went to, which was an experience I will never forget. So stay tuned for that. I will see you guys next week. I hope you have a great, great weekend. Ciao!